Aloha and welcome to the New Hope Legacy Podcast. Today, you're tuning in for the second sermon in a series titled Laws of the Harvest. In this episode, Pastor Trenton is going to discuss the principles of sowing and reaping with gardening tips that we can apply to our own lives. Let's dive in. Well, we're continuing on today with our series that we just launched last week called Laws of the Harvest. And uh, we're taking a sort of a fresh look at the idea of sowing and reaping and not just the law of the harvest, but the laws of the harvest. There's, there's various laws that we find in God's Word, principles of sowing and reaping. And we talked last week about how we all need a harvest in our life. We all need increase. We need provision. We need the things that the harvest provides But sometimes the laws of the harvest get twisted in sort of toxic or misunderstood ways by very well-intentioned people. If we misunderstand God's laws, it doesn't decrease their importance. It just means that I don't get to fully benefit from them in the right way. And so in this series, we're going back to the Word of God because that's a good place to start. And we're seeking some understanding on how the laws of the harvest work in our own lives. Last week, we talked about putting God into His place. That's sort of a startling phrase to some. If you put somebody in their place, usually means you, you sort of lower them down a place or two in your life. We need to put God in his place, but in sort of the reverse, we need to make sure he is elevated to the right position in our lives. And last week we discovered that his rightful place in our lives is the Lord of the harvest, the master of the harvest. This week we're going to continue the same theme and got some gardening tips for you all. Hope you brought some pen and paper. We're going to do some gardening together. But our big idea is that the master's harvest follows the master's rules. Since he's the master, he gets to make the rules. We're going to learn about those today. If you need a sermon outline, raise your hand. I know one of our ushers will be happy to get that to you. We got a couple of hands going up. There's something powerful about taking notes, at least in my life. I don't know about yours, but it, it takes it from being just words that go in one ear and out the other and It makes them pause long enough to soak in just a little bit farther in my life. Last week, we read the scripture where Jesus told his followers to pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into the harvest. And so we understand that there's a role that we also play in the harvest. He's the master. He's the Lord of the harvest. But we also have a role to play as laborers in the harvest. We're not to sit back and just watch all the work happen. And if we are to be field laborers in the kingdom of God, or even in our own life, in our harvest, then we probably need some farming lessons, if you will, in order to learn how to reap an effective harvest. You know, farms can be confusing. Has anybody lived on a farm, maybe grown up on a farm? Okay, we got a few folks. Um, Some of you all may be shocked to learn, but I actually spent a little time living on a farm growing up. It was sort of the Tom Sawyer uh, summer that I got to spend. His mom and dad... Me, my brother, and my sister all living in a 29-foot travel trailer. And that is some close fellowship, let me tell you. Out on the back lot of somebody's farm and had a good time catching frogs and, and, uh, you know, tadpoles and swimming in the irrigation pond and stepping in cow pies and all the fun stuff that comes along with it. But farms can be confusing, a little bit bewildering for those that haven't been around farms. I heard recently about a, a young woman who had grown up in the city. She wasn't used to this country life, and she was visiting a family member that lived outside of town, and 
So she's uh, out walking along this country lane one day and sees the farmer out working in his field. And there's some cows grazing nearby. And so she calls over to the farmer. She noticed that one of the cows didn't have any horns. She's going, oh, that's a little interesting. You know, all the rest of these cows have horns out there. This specific one doesn't. So she said, uh, Mr. Farmer, sir, I, I'm just curious. She said, why, why doesn't this cow have horns? And he put down his farming implements. He comes wandering over to the fence and kind of leans. He goes, well, there's a variety of reasons why cows wouldn't have horns. He said, you know, some of them are born that way. Certain breeds of cows don't really have horns. Um, sometimes they fall off, you know, if there's a problem. Sometimes we cut them off if, if we need to do that. There's, there's just a lot, of, a lot of different reasons. Some of them even just grow their horns in later if it's a young cow. He said, now in this particular case, that cow doesn't have any horns because that cow is a horse. <laughs> Farms can be a little bit confusing. I'm going to talk about some farming lessons today. Who remembers the, uh, the Dummies series? For Dummies? Anybody remember that? Okay. I, I need gardening uh, for dummies, but I'll be the dummy today. Y'all can be the smart people, but we're going to learn together. Does that sound all right? Okay. Gardening tip number one for you. You're taking notes. This is where you start. Gardening tip number one, you harvest what you plant. I told you we're going to start with the basics. This is real basic. Now, the problem is some of these things are going to be so basic that we may just tune out too early. So don't tune out. Some of the most simple things in life are the most profound. Some of the most profound things in life are the most simple, and this is one of them. You put seeds in the ground, you get that same harvest back out of the ground. That's just the way it works. It's taught in every basic biology class in every grade school in the nation and all around the world. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8 says it this way in the Word of God. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. This is simple truth, but profound. Let's not skip over it too quickly. As I mentioned last week, the principles of God's Word are universal. So these principles that we're talking about, they don't just apply when we're out planting corn or talking about which cows have horns or don't have horns. These are universal principles that apply in your life and mine, not just about the peas and carrots. So here's what that looks like. Do you want friends? Be friendly. This is complicated. I, I was sort of chuckling recently during a conversation with somebody. They said, you know, I, I need community. I've, I've realized I need some friends around me. I just don't have that many close friends in my life. And I had to try to stop myself from chuckling because I had to chase this person for a good two months before I could even catch them on their way out the door after service on a Sunday morning. I need friends, but I'm going to run away from them as fast as I possibly can because I'm the gingerbread man. Sorry, I have a toddler in my house. <laughs> you want mercy? Plant some forgiveness. You want to reap the things that you need in your life? You got to sow that kind of seeds. You want to be treated with integrity at work? Sow some seeds of integrity. Sow seeds of honor. This is the way that we get the harvest that we need is by planting the right kind of seeds. Now, the flip side of that is if you walk out into a field on a farm, you can tell what kind of seeds have been planted. It's really complicated. 
you look at what's growing. And if you see what's growing, you can tell what kind of seeds went into the ground. Here's where it gets uncomfortable is when I look at my life and the sort of crop that I've grown from time to time, I don't like the seeds that are revealed to have been planted. Have you ever experienced that? You take a look in the mirror and you say, oh, I don't like what I see there. I'm getting a harvest that I don't like. And the only reason that I'm getting it is because I'm the one who put those seeds in the ground a few months back. It can get a little bit uncomfortable. I've joked frequently about our Lanai garden at our house. And it, for those of you who haven't heard it, our garden gets replanted about every three weeks because that's how long it takes for us to forget to water it and it dies and then we plant another garden. It's an amazing process. But we had a little problem recently. We went out to replant our Lanai garden again, and we realized that the seed packets had lost their labels. So we had all these baggies full of seeds and no idea what they were. Now, some of them are fairly easy to, to identify. Tomatoes are not that hard. Cucumbers, I can, I can kind of identify those. But we had bags of seeds that I had no idea what they were. It may have been weeds that my son just put in a baggie for some reason. So we planted them. And you know what? We found out what the seeds are. We've got some papayas coming up over here. There's an avocado coming up there. The avocados, I can, I can usually identify those too. They're a little different than the tomatoes. But we got all these things now coming up, at least for the next three weeks, that we can identify what the seeds were because that's what grows when you plant those seeds. You can identify them by their fruit. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 16, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them, how? By their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? The obvious answer is no. You don't get figs from thistles. You get an ouch from thistles, as my son found out. You, re, you can reveal the seeds that have been planted by the crop that grows. And so in your life and in mine, we have to look at the crop that's growing to understand the seeds that we've planted. If you're reaping a harvest of relational issues and marriage problems, destructive habits, I'd rather blame it on climate change personally. Who's with me? The problem is climate change won't do that. It's a result of the seeds that I've planted. You can't get durian fruit from a lychee seed. It just doesn't work that way. So what's the answer? If you don't like the crop, you got to change the seeds. This is how the process works. Because the crop always, 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 say it with me, always reflects the seeds. When I worked out at the resort, we had lush, elaborate landscaping. We had the nalpaca and we had the mock orange and we had palm trees and, and uh, the dwarf plumeria and all these amazing things growing. And one day I was out walking around the property doing our weekly inspection. I'd look over and there was a leaf that looked sort of familiar, but it didn't look like the other leaves around it. And I walked over to the hedge and sort of peered over and I found out that our landscapers on their lunch break were taking all the scraps from their lunches and planting them behind the nalpaca. They had cucumbers going, they had squash, they had tomatoes. I mean, they had a whole uh, vegetable garden going behind the nalpaca. How did I know that? Because that was the crop that I was able to see growing. Now, these are God's laws. He is the master of the harvest. So what that means is we can either fight God's laws or we can learn to work with them. 
I had a conversation just recently with somebody about what this process looks like in life because they had tried to help somebody in their life that was really hard to help. Have you ever tried to help somebody that's just difficult to help? And the issue was this person that they wanted to help had planted some seeds in their life. And we were able to see what seeds they were by the harvest that was growing. And the really uncomfortable thing was the harvest that they were reaping was not the harvest that they wanted. They had sown some seeds and got a harvest that was really uncomfortable. It led to some bad outcomes in their life. This friend that I was talking to said, you know what, I've, I've tried this, and I've done that, and I've been over backwards over here, and I, I went out of my way, and I'm, I'm causing myself harm to try to help this person because of what's happened in their life. I said, you can't do that. I said, well, why not? Doesn't it honor God when we help you? I said, yes, but here's the problem is you are fighting God because the results that they're getting in their life are the result of the seeds that they planted. And I didn't invent the law of sowing and reaping. He did. And so when I go into somebody else's garden and I say, you've got some pumpkins growing, but I'm going to transplant cucumbers and try to give you cucumbers where you've planted pumpkins, it doesn't work. Because God himself established that you reap what you sow. And so not only in our life, but in the way that we interact with others, we can either learn to work with God's laws or we can fight them. But I'll promise you ahead of time, if you fight them, you will lose. Because it's the master's rules of the harvest. It's his laws. We can't fight God. We can't win a fight with God. This is where a lot of codependency and enabling sort of behavior comes from is we look at people that we care about and we love deeply and we recognize the harvest that's, there, that's growing in their life and we say, because I love you, I'm going to try to transplant a different crop for the crop that you're already reaping. Don't try to transplant somebody else's crop. You can give them a better seed packet. You can show them how to nurture a better crop in their life, but you can't override God's laws of the harvest. Don't transplant their crop. If somebody has a pattern of financial mismanagement in their life, they don't need a transplant of a financial stimulus check, just to sort of put it out there. What they may need is some seeds of financial management. Maybe they need the Dave Ramsey FPU class, maybe some budgeting assistance. See, these are seeds that will grow. And just like the bad seeds that you and I have planted in our life will eventually result in a harvest that we don't like, if we begin to plant the right kind of seeds in our life, it's inevitable, it's still God's law, we will receive the harvest of the good seeds that we begin to plant. Don't try to transplant the harvest. Offer good seed. Gardening tip number two. You harvest more than you plant. We're still staying basic, folks. It's all right. You harvest more than you plant. There are some processes in life that are, there are a refining process. There's a friend of my wife and I that owns a distillery here in Kona, Big Island Distillery. We got to tour his facility one day, and we walked in. We saw where the, the grain and the incoming products come in one side and large quantities of product, and then these little tiny bottles that are really, really, really strong go out the other door. Why? Because it's been refined down and refined and reduced and distilled and concentrated down. Sowing and reaping is not that way. The harvest is about multiplication, not refining. 
If you plant one mango, you get a mango tree big enough to feed the next five, six, seven generations. Who's familiar with the Hakalau Sugar uh, Facility over on uh, the, the uh, Hamakua Coast? So we got a couple of folks. Right outside of their facility, right outside of... Uh, the, the Hakalau uh, Gulch there. I like to hike down now and then. They've got their building right at the top of the hill and one of the most beautiful, gigantic, amazing mango trees that I've ever seen. When I think of mango, that's the tree that I think of. It is, it's towering above everything else. It's, it's gigantic around. I don't even know how many feet. That's the result of a single mango seed being planted. It's a multiplication process. The good news is if you plant good seeds, you get a larger good harvest. The bad news is if you plant the bad seeds, you get a larger negative harvest. Hosea chapter 8 verses 7, the first part of verse 7 says this, for they sow the wind and they reap the whirlwind. My mom would quote that verse at me if I would antagonize my older sister growing up. She would look at me, I would torment her until she reacted and you know, do some very negative things to me. And my mom would look at me and she'd say, well, you sowed the wind, you just reaped the whirlwind. And she was very uncaring like that sometimes. It's Bible. <laughs> Multiplication doesn't always mean that it's easy, though. Some of you might be familiar with wasabi. Some of you may have had the experience of trying real wasabi. I don't know if you know this, but most of the stuff we get in the store is actually horseradish with green food coloring. It tastes good, but it's not the real stuff. Real legitimate wasabi is one of the most difficult crops to grow. The, the conditions have to be exactly right. You have to have the right stock to start with. And you can't even keep uh, raising it too many generations because after a few generations, the plants begin to deteriorate in ways that can't be sustained. Very, very difficult plant to grow. There are a couple of farms here on the Big Island that are, that are somewhat famous for growing wasabi successfully. It's a difficult crop to grow. The conditions have to be right. This is why we don't try to grow taro at the beach. Have you ever thought about that? If you plant taro, you get taro. But you have to plant taro with the right conditions. You don't plant taro at the beach. Where do you plant it? Up on the mountainside. You plant it in the loi. Or if it's dryland taro, maybe you don't plant it in the loi. You've got to get the right conditions for the crop that you're trying to grow. And so if you're, if you're reaping a smaller harvest than what you expected, you may have the right seed in your life. You may be planting exactly the right stuff, but you may need to look at the conditions of the soil. You may need to move your garden to a different location. We're going to dig a little deeper into that just a little later today. But 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says this, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. There's a proportional comparison to the way that I plant and the way that I reap. But what I reap is always larger than what I planted. Here's another deep gardening tip for you. Gardening tip number three, you harvest where you plant. You harvest where you plant. Some of us have been planting into the field of our career, maybe planting into the field of our marriage, our children, or our 401k. This year, mine looks more like a 201k. Maybe you're planting into the shoebox of cash under your bed, but, but where you have planted, that's the place that you're going to reap a harvest. The problem is sometimes we plant in one location expecting to reap a harvest somewhere else. 
I don't know if you've ever done that, but I've been guilty of it a time or two. Do you want a strong marriage? You're going to have to sow into your marriage. That's the location you're going to have to sow into. I had a conversation recently with somebody that was just agonizing over their marriage. And they said, you know, my, my marriage is in trouble. I don't know if it's going to survive. It's, it's terrible. There's all these awful things happening. And, and my wife doesn't understand how hard I work for her and the kids. We got to talking a little bit more about that. I found out that this, this person had a thriving career. They were doing fantastic on the job. They were, they were just killing it. And their marriage was falling apart. I said, here's the problem. You're sowing into your career and you're expecting to reap a harvest in your marriage. It doesn't work that way. You want to reap a healthy marriage? You're going to have to start planting into your marriage. And just a tip for you gentlemen, if you're not planting into your marriage, your wife will not care how much you bring home. Social stereotypes aside, your wife will not care what your paycheck looks like if you're not sowing into your marriage you got to sow into the right field because you harvest where you plant. Do you want a good career? Stop sowing into Farmville and Pokemon Go. We're going deep today. Some of you all make sure that your Farmville crops are harvested on time, but your boss has had to write you up three times this month for not filing your TPS reports on time. We have no fans of office space here, apparently. Moving right along. you got to sow into the right field. Here's a shocking truth for you. Now, this one's probably going to get me in trouble and may get me kicked out after service, but that's okay. Do you want to harvest in your family finances? Don't sow money into the church. you got to sow into the right field. Now, I can already see people reacting and saying, well, what about seek ye first the kingdom of God? What about bring your tithe into the storehouse? I'm glad you asked. Let's take a look at that. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10, Scripture says this, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. What's a tithe? 10%. Bring the whole 10%. If it's 8%, it ain't 10%. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. This is God's word. So how does that relate to sowing into the right field? Here's the key. That tithe that's being brought in, that's the result of the harvest that I've already gathered. I can't bring my tenth if I don't have the hundredth. Sort of backward, but you get what I mean. If I haven't sowed a field and I haven't cultivated it and watered it and reaped the harvest, I can't bring my 10%, my tithe, into the house of God. I've already sowed and reaped a harvest. If you have a small harvest... You bring a small tithe. If you have a large harvest, you bring a large tithe. This is the way percentages work, in case you skip that day of math class. But do not bring your tithe thinking that you're planting into a field. This is the result of the field that you've already planted. To put it bluntly, please don't make dumb financial decisions and then come to church and try to bribe God into blessing the field that you planted the wrong seed in. You've got to sow into the right field to reap the right harvest. When we do that, then we're able to come with thanksgiving and bring our tithes to God and say, God, thank you for good seed. Thank you for blessing me. Now, I'm going to honor you by bringing my tithe to the storehouse because of the harvest that you helped me grow. That's how this works. 
Now, blessing and reaping are related. When I honor God with my tithe, when I express gratefulness for what he's given me, he blesses me more. They're very closely related, but please do not misunderstand or don't, don't change around in your mind blessing and harvest, two different things. Do you want to see God's kingdom grow? You got to sow into God's kingdom. That's how this works. If you want to see the kingdom of God grow, if you want to see God's gospel, the, the good news of Jesus Christ shared in this community, if you want to see a harvest of souls, you may need to plant just a little bit less into your beer fund or your antique lure collection or your favorite political cause. Now, Lord knows I like collecting some stuff. For me, it's Gerber and Leatherman multi-tools. I love it. There's a few, few that I don't have yet. Someday I'll add them to the collection. There are causes that I believe in. There are things that I support. There are, there, are, there are organizations and things that I donate to. All of those things have their place and they can be good. But if you want to see God's kingdom grow, you've got to plant seeds into God's kingdom. If you say you want to see God's kingdom advance, but you can't remember the last time that you supported your local church or invested your time into a ministry, you may need to rethink your planting strategy because you're going to harvest where you plant. Gardening tip number four for you today. You harvest after you plant. We're keeping it basic. You harvest after you plant. What's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. What's the second best time to plant a tree? Right now. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says this, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. But there are some lies that we tell ourselves in this process when we forget that we reap after we sow. There are lies that we tell ourselves. I'm going to serve in church when my heart is in a better place. Someday, when, when I've got my heart in a better place, I'm, I'm going to use my talents, my abilities to honor God. I'll be friendly to people when, when I'm in a better community. When I've, when I've got some better friends around me, I will be a friendly person. I'm going to spend more time with my wife when we get along better. Someday, someday when we're on speaking terms, I'm going to invest more time into my marriage relationship. The problem is you reap after you sow. The sowing has to happen first. And generally speaking, the bigger the harvest, the bigger the fruit, the longer the growing time. You ever notice that? You can grow a dandelion in a few days, but if you want to grow that mango tree, you're going to be waiting a couple of decades until it really starts to produce. The bigger the harvest, the longer the growing time. You can wish, you can dream, you can imagine, you can, you can want the harvest all day long, but until you start putting seeds in the ground, the harvest will not begin to arrive because the harvest comes after the planting. Now, the challenge that we run into is that we don't see that growth immediately on the good or the bad side. See, I can plant good seeds into the ground and get really discouraged because I've put all this work into planting good seeds in the ground and I don't immediately have a good harvest. I've got to wait for it. I've got to be patient. I've got to cultivate. But on the other hand, I can plant bad seeds into the ground. I can go out in my yard and plant a whole bunch of halikoa and think I'm getting away with it because I don't immediately have a harvest. I don't immediately have weeds growing up. 
And the problem is, on both sides, the enemy can use this to his advantage. He'll speak discouragement into our life. I've been working for years, decades, trying to sow into this thing. I've been planting good seed. I know I have. I've been praying for wisdom. God's been giving me the right seeds to plant, but I don't have a harvest yet. And on the flip side, here's this thing that I haven't been willing to let go of in my life. I I know it's not good for me. It's not helping me any. It's not resulting in good things in my marriage. It's not drawing me any closer to God. But I'm getting away with it because I haven't reaped the harvest yet. You harvest after you plant, but there will be a harvest that arrives. You've got to choose the harvest that you want. You've got to start putting seeds into the ground. Gardening tip number five for you. You harvest the amount that the conditions allow. You harvest the amount that the conditions allow. Now, we're going to get just a little bit more advanced here. Your seed type determines the crop type. You plant cucumbers, you get cucumbers. Your crop is identified by the seeds, but the size of your crop is determined by the conditions. If you're unhappy with the type of crop that you're growing, you've got to change your seeds. But if you're unhappy with the size of the crop that you're growing you may need to change the growing conditions. In Matthew chapter 13, verses 3 through 8, Jesus is sharing another parable with his followers, and he told them many things in parables, saying, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. What Jesus is trying to tell his disciples is the growing conditions matter. If you don't have prepared soil, you don't have the right conditions, you're not going to get the crop that you want. So what does this look like in our lives? Since this isn't just talking about cucumbers and tomatoes, what does this look like in our life? Well, in your marriage, a really good seed to plant is date night. Can I get an amen from all the gentlemen? That's some great seed to plant into your marriage. If you didn't know that, here's a packet of seeds for you. I just gave you right there. Date night is a fantastic seed to plant in your marriage. But here's the problem. If the growing conditions are not healthy, you can't expect the seed to do well. And if, you're, if, if, the, if your marriage is defined by the conditions of harsh words and criticism and broken trust and all the negativity and all the toxicity that's been building up, you can have the right seed, but it's not going to produce the harvest, the size of a harvest that you want. Don't stop working on date night, but you're going to have to cultivate the soil a little bit. This is how gardening works. If the conditions aren't good, I got to start working on the conditions. It means I got to go out and start pulling some seedlings, some weeds. I got to get the weeds out. I got to break up the clods in the dirt. I got to go in and start finding the things that are obstructing growth, and I got to start breaking them down. I got to start removing them. I got to start doing whatever it takes to improve the growing conditions of the seed that needs to be planted. I got to get the stones out of the ground, anything that's holding the relationship back. Maybe that's harmful relationships. 
distracting hobbies, things that I really don't need, but they're, they're causing an issue in my marriage. Maybe it's unnecessary tension. Maybe that means sell the boat. In my marriage, that was sell the spear gun. There was a spear gun that nearly pushed us over the edge at one point. You know what? My marriage is not worth a spear gun. Sell the spear gun. I sold it. The growing conditions improved. It was just like magic. Maybe you need to get out the boulder of porn in the relationship. Maybe you need to start getting into the really uncomfortable stuff that's stopping the right crop from growing the way that it needs to grow. One of the things that we've recently decided in our home needs to change is browsing social media around dinner time. You know what? There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing bad about browsing Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and whatever else at dinner time. But I'll tell you what, it's, it's not leading to the size of a harvest that I want to see in my family. It's not helping my marriage grow the way that I want it to grow. It's a, it's a cod in the dirt that's got to get broken up and removed to improve the growing conditions for the seeds that I want to plant. Now, here's the interesting thing, is that good soil is the result of death. Have you ever noticed that? Good soil is the result of death. I was talking to a friend of mine that's a, a truck driver recently, and he said, yeah, my uh, grandkids are really proud of me. I said, that's awesome. I'm just curious why. He said, because uh, I told him I transport dead dinosaurs for a living. <laughs> he hauls gasoline around. Hauls dead dinosaurs. Healthy things come from dead things when they're treated in a healthy way, when they're, when they're dealt with in a healthy way. Healthy soil is the result of compost. What is compost? Garbage. Lots and lots and lots and lots of garbage that's been handled in the right way. It's been broken down. It's been digested. It's been processed in the right way and put back into the soil and begins to produce a good harvest. This is how the soil conditions begin to improve. The presence of junk in your life doesn't have to prevent you from reaping a good harvest, but it will prevent you from reaping a good harvest if you don't deal with it in the right way. Sometimes you've got to take the junk and say, okay, God, here's my junk. Now, I'm going to go and hand it to you, and can you and I work on building a little compost heap right here? The Jesus compost heap where I put all my junk and I let it sort of grow and accumulate while the Holy Spirit works on it and works on me and begins to transform the things that only He can do. And one day I go out and I look at my pile of junk and I say, you know what, God, I see what you did there. And now that very thing that was bringing so much toxicity, the thing that felt like death in my life, the thing that was holding me back is the thing that's now fueling my future. It's opening up the possibilities of the harvest now that I can grow with your help because the conditions of the soil have been improved by the way I dealt with the garbage. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 24 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Do you want to get better at growing a harvest in your life? You've got to get better at dying. This is the process of Christ's redemption in our lives, is that the fuel for the seeds that we're planting now is often brought 
by his redemption in the pain and the garbage from our past. You can't do it yourself. If I go out there and I just start piling up garbage, it's not going to turn into compost. It's just going to stay a pile of garbage. There has to be some transformation happen, and I can't do that on my own. In my garden, that happens as microbes and insects and, and bacteria and all the things that God created go to work on this garbage and start digesting and breaking it down. In your life and mine, this is the job of the Holy Spirit, that he's able to start working on the things that have held me back, the things that stopped me in my tracks, the things that I had to die to. And the truth is that when we let God do that, when we let him develop some compost in our heart, then my worst decisions can become my greatest testimony. The greatest evidence of God's power at work in my life is in my brokenness, in my weakness, and in my failing. If you're willing to let old things die, the desires of your flesh, your mistakes, your bad decisions, your regrets, maybe your self-hatred, if you're willing to let those things be put to death in your life, then the master of the harvest can accomplish something amazing through the very things that once brought pain. So we're wrapping it down tonight, just a little bit this morning, not tonight. So we're wrapping it down today. There we go. You can fight the laws of the harvest. You can misunderstand them. You can misapply them. You can, you can deal with them in a lot of different ways. But to reap the harvest that you need, you're going to need to apply them in the way of the master. And if you learn to follow the laws of the harvest, then you can reap the kind of harvest and the size of a harvest that the master wants to see in your life because he intended for your life to be fruitful. He hasn't sent you out into the field in order to fail. He sent you out to be fruitful, to accomplish something in his kingdom, to return something on his investment, if you will, into your life. So I encourage you to ask this question today. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? What are you communicating to me that needs to change in the way that I've been gardening in my life? Maybe you need to change the seeds that you're planting. Maybe you think you've been getting away with planting some, some seeds of negativity or sin or, or different things in your life, and you haven't seen the harvest yet. feels like you're getting away with it. It's not going to result in the harvest that you want. Maybe you've already got that kind of a harvest going on and you're not quite sure what to do with it. You're going to have to let it turn into compost. You're going to have to let the Holy Spirit begin to work on that pile of weeds. But you're going to have to start planting the right seeds where they've been growing. You're going to have to exercise some patience in watching them grow. You may realize that you've been planting the right seeds in the wrong place. You need to start planting the seeds in the location where you need a harvest in your life. Maybe somebody needs to improve the growing conditions, the soil in their life. Start letting the Holy Spirit accomplish the change that he's been standing there saying, you know, I can help you with that pile of garbage. I can, I can do something with that. I, I, can, I can do that. I can help you. Maybe you need to improve the growing conditions. Let him begin to work on that. If you're listening here or maybe online and and maybe you know you need a better harvest in your life, but you haven't even met the master of the harvest yet. And maybe this is the opportunity to make that introduction and to say, God, I'm going to make you the master of my harvest because what I've been planting, it hasn't been working. And I need a different harvest. If that's you, then I invite you to just pray the simple prayer with me. God, I don't know you, but I want to. 
And I acknowledge that you are the Lord. You're the authority, and I'm choosing to make you the authority of my life. This isn't just going to be my harvest any longer, but I want you to be glorified in my life. And I'm asking you to forgive me for the things that I've done that aren't pleasing to you. I got a whole pile of weeds going on, God, and I need some help with it. And so I thank you for your forgiveness. And I'm asking you to begin your transforming work in my heart. That through the brokenness, through the mistakes and the regrets and the pain, that, that there could be a, a pile of compost to begin to grow where there had been a, a pile of weeds. And that as I let you improve the growing conditions in my heart and begin to plant the right seeds, that someday you would be glorified by the harvest that begins to grow in my life. If that's you, then I'd love to talk to you after service. Go and find me, send me a message online. We want to walk with you because it's a process of time. This, this doesn't happen overnight. You don't put the seeds in the ground and suddenly get that mango tree that can feed all the neighbors. It's a process of time. We want to walk with you on that. Let's all pray together. Lord, thank you for these principles from your word. Thank you for the truth that we find that, that lets us live strong in you. And thank you for confronting the things in us that need to be confronted, God. Thank you that you don't just confront the things that need to be confronted, but you welcome us, you love us, you forgive us, and through your Holy Spirit, you transform us. Even the very things that separated us from you can become the story of your power in our lives. And so we together invite that process this week, God, that as we acknowledge you as the Lord of the harvest, as we begin to plant the right seeds in the right place, and have some perseverance to keep on going even when we don't see the harvest right away. You're going to keep improving the growing conditions, God. You're going to redeem the things that we've been ashamed of. You're going to redeem the things that we're not proud of. And that you are going to be glorified at the end of this. That's our prayer today, God. Bring us back next week to continue learning and growing in you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go with God and hope. Thank you again for tuning in here at the New Hope Legacy podcast. And on the topic of planting good seeds in our lives, 31 Days of Soap is underway, and it's not too late to start now. You can find the daily Bible readings on our website at newhopelegacy.com under the resources tab.